welcome to What Incarnation, our next episode. I'm here with my dad, Skip Kerr, today on this rainy, rainy, rainy day. Yeah, I can hear it pounding on the skylights. Can you hear it? Well, I can hear it. It's hard not to hear it. My goodness, it's just pelting today. But well, that's good. We need the rain. It's a good day for a podcast. Good for flowers, apparently. Well, I, I don't have to water my garden, so I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know. You must be exhausted from watering the garden. <laughs> I never water the garden, but that's another story. But well, you got to care for your flowers. It's just like watering that's flowers. That's why I got store. married. Let's uh, carry on now. I'm moving on from gardening. So, well, spe- well, I mean, in a way, it kind of leads into our topic we decided to talk about today was post-harvest care. Yeah, my favorite topic. <laughs> Keeping the buckets clean. That's what it's all about. That's, Keeping the buckets clean. Yeah, bring the bu- bu- bucket down. <laughs> well, in theory, cleaning your buckets gives you more, more, more buck, buck, bucks. You know, I've got to tell you, back in the day, never mind, I want to tell you a story. Oh, it, boy. Okay. No, it's a good story. The Gay Smith. I don't know if you remember Gay. I I remember Gay fondly. Well, fondly is exactly right. She was the, one of the nicest people ever to walk the planet. And she used to come, and, and she was, at the time was, uh, I think she started out, uh, I know she ended up with Polkon and Chrysler, and I'm not sure who else she worked with, but always... Always had oh, CFX, actually, the old cut flower experts down in Miami. But Gay had a just a way with the post-harvest care and was in love with it and totally would come up, I'd, I'd bring her in for seminars. And she's the only person I ever knew could get 100 people sitting there mesmerized listening right? to a story about buckets. <laughs> about <laughs> buckets. She, about cleaning them out and how important it was and what to do post-harvest care and all the good things in flowers. So I miss her dearly. She passed, um, gosh, I'm not sure. A few years ago. A few years ago. And yeah, one of the truly great troopers and, and, and one of the true inputters to the flower industry. She, yeah, she gave was much more than she got. She was always at the, the, all the conventions talking about it passionately. Yeah, she did. And you know what? If florists had listened, we'd be a better place today. Yeah, it's surprising how many florists don't listen to post-harvest care instructions or belief in it, I guess. is. Well, the one that gets me the most is, and I mean this, is they, they'll sit there and and they'll, they'll build a beautiful arrangement, charge a guy $100, and then put one little sachet of flower food with it. And, you know, and not only that, they won't even use a 10-gram package. They'll move to a 5-gram. Five 5-gram five that does nothing. Because that costs three cents instead of a nickel. <laughs> And, you know, and the, quite frankly, the stupidity of that is beyond even reproach. I mean, when you're sending out something of that value and you don't have the confidence or you don't even have the good manners to send out enough flower food for that person to enjoy those flowers for a week, I think you're remiss in what you're doing. And it gives the industry a bad name. And I think that's a lot of the problem with flowers. It, it's... The flowers are beautiful. They, they start out good, but you only give them a few days worth of flower food. Of course they're going to die. What, what the well, hell do you Well, yeah, and then people think, oh, I don't want to buy flowers. Flowers don't last. Well, they do last, and anyone that knows it knows they do last. And, you know, the, the people don't even know the cycle of a, of a rose where, God, it takes a rose will last 20 days from cut to dead. Different yeah. varieties, different, you know, uh, some more and some less. But 
people have to you have to understand you know it takes a week to get them up here we're up in Canada here we're up in the western part of Canada so for us to get something up here within seven days of cut is really doing our job oh yeah absolutely and you know it's it's funny because to have those flowers lasting the 20 days that a rose should last you really got to the farm's got to do their part you got to have the cold <laughs> chain has to be right the, the florist has to do their part with the post-harvest care and the right things to put in at the right time well that's why i was always was a proponent of standing orders you get stuff cut in South America. It takes two days before it ends up in Miami. If you time it properly, it gets on your truck. Right. It takes three days on the truck to get all the way up here to Edmonton. Let's say four days, maybe six in total from cut. We take a day and we fly it up to the Arctic Circle. So we got it up right. there in seven days. Hey, I'm going to tell you, in Miami, if we do things really good, we can get it up to the Arctic Circle five days from cut five days from cut that's incredible it is and you know what that's considered miami fresh if you go and, and you talk to the people in miami anything five days from cut is considered fresh. fresh yeah and after that the price starts to drop because of the age expectancy that's why you can have a seven day rose guarantee you get stuff up here in a week and if you do it properly, using the cold chain and doing all those good things, I can talk about the cold chain too because it's important. Yeah. But then you got you get it on a let's say you get it on a weekend, and then you you have a whole week to sell it, and they're still still fresh. Be, there could be six days left, seven days into it. So there's no reason why you can't give seven day guarantee on your roses. And yeah. that to me is absolutely where the industry should be. Never mind this two days and it necked over and. Oh, yeah, the 48-hour guarantee? That says nothing. <laughs> but the pressure goes on everybody in the chain. I know one thing. I'll guarantee you the growers are doing everything properly. Oh, it's, I imagine they would be, yeah. They're absolutely invested in that product. Yeah. So when they get it, they're handling it. It's in the cold chain. They, I've been there. I've been down to the farms. I see how they take care of them. They, they cut them. They hydrate them. They put them into the cold rooms. They get them ready for travel. They put them on airplanes, get them to Miami, get them right into a cold room. The guys that fail are not us guys. The truckers, we we bring everything up good. In temperature controlled What's environments. Always, yeah. That's what the cold chain's about. It's fluctuations in temperature. That's what you're trying to avoid. We get it up here, and then it gets into no man's land, the florist. <laughs> Where knows where it's happening. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes if they even know to cut them. I mean, I, I imagine most florists do cut them. Oh, please. But they probably they put do. them into dirty buckets. That's where Gay would have got mad. Got to clean those buckets out. You got to put in the flower food. You got to rehydrate them. Yeah. Then you get them ready for sale. And then when the guy gets them, you give them two or three floral or packages of, uh, I, of I food. I think two at least. Well, you have to. And 10-gram yeah. ones. Well, I don't know why they sell 5-gram ones. The 5-gram works on half a liter. What's that? Less than a quart? Oh, yeah. Like, that's not any vase I know. A couple, couple of cups of water is good for it. Yeah. You want to have it working and having them with fresh water, with flower food in it. It cleans up the stems. Floral Life products, my favorite, but that's just me. I've always liked their stuff. And... I'll tell you, the guy can easily get seven days, should get seven days, and most florists fumble the ball horribly. 
And they don't send them home with instructions for care. They just send them out like they think, well, everybody wow, in the world knows what to do. That's a really good point. It, it's funny because we, we do have some instructions for care that our company has produced that we staple onto the box and stuff. With the flower food, we always give out 20, 20 grams to 10 gram packs with our stuff. Yeah. But that's something I never even thought that other florists are, are, are not doing. And it's funny because I had a florist and they don't use any post-harvest care treatment. When I asked them why, she says, well, we did our own test and we found it didn't make a difference. Well, shit, they should be working, obviously, in in Holland and selling this (laughs) stuff to the world. I mean, what kind of a stupid person would say that? I got to honestly say that. We did our own tests. You got an industry, a multi-billion dollar industry. Right, that has done the test for you. Do you want a guy taking a test? You take a guy with five hectares of roses He's really going to make he's sure really that he's really invested in ne- this. Never mind the guy that bought three bundles. Or I'll tell you, as because you know, in 2008, I was lucky enough to do the Rose Bowl parade, and you know yeah. how many millions of flowers are coming through. Yeah. They, every single flower was quick dipped. It was looked after. It was put into flower food. It wasn't put into water, and that only needs to last for a day. Yeah. Well, again, they're professionals, and I, I. There's the difference between, I think, one of the problems in the floral industry. I mean, for every guy that's a real professional, there seems to be this other guy that's got it all figured out because he did his own tests and he's smarter than the whole world. Right. I, I bet he's the guy saying, you should put a penny under that. that under uh, the water for under the two the water. Yeah, they really <laughs> yeah, that makes a good. huge difference. Yeah, I mean, give me a break. I, I, I have a frustration with that. I think that people that... Uh, don't understand the cold chain. They don't understand what they're doing. They just do great harm to the floral industry because bad experience after bad experience comes up. Yeah. And I you know agree what? with you. I think a lot of florists actually don't understand the cold chain. Oh, they don't. I don't think they even know that South American flowers, for instance, come mainly through Miami and up. That's probably true. I, you know, I have no idea what they understand sometimes. And, you look at their work, I don't think they understand a lot. I'll be honest with you. I, some of them operate at just a level above a bucket shop. And, oh, my God. Well, they truly do. You, well, I can't argue that point because I've, I've been in a lot of shops. Well, I, I told you before, I'm an advocate for AIFD and training and getting people so that they really know what they're doing. Yeah. If you want to sell a product, you got to be at the top of your game. You can't. The problem is florist is a big term. It comes yeah. out. Florist means this guy that's totally educated, some of the best people in the world. Uh, Deborah Della Flora would be oh, one yes. of the best florists in the world. Yep, agreed. And then there's Bub Slug here that does their own tests on on, on the, their own on flower on their food. care, and they know exactly how to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that everything. guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes and he buys the cheapest rose. And why does he buy it? Because it's dead, right? And yeah. That's the other concept. Price. Everyone, they buy. They think, oh, well. I'm going to buy on price. You you got such volume, you can buy on price. What does price buy you? Nothing. I'll tell you, I had an old uncle of mine, actually uncle of your mom's. <clears throat> and Which uncle was that? Uncle Elf. He came from England. He oh, worked, I remember Uncle Elf. Yeah, yes. he, worked, he worked in the produce business for 100 years. And when I met him, he was quite old and retired. And he said, I was just getting the flower thing going. He says... You know, you're going to learn one thing. I thought, well, probably I'll learn more than that. But (laughs) the bottom line, he says, you're going to learn your first loss is your best loss. Well, that's great advice. 
it is your greatest advice because what happens is the older that product get, the less value it has. Yeah. So when you're buying on price, you're buying on age also. And yeah. that's the problem with buying out of anywhere, Miami included. When a guy sells you a discounted product. Yeah, you got to wonder how long is that sitting on your shelf there? I just told you, you know, five days from cuts considered Miami fresh. So if he's selling you at a real good price after seven days, hoping that you get it up into your uh, your sales it, with it. Now, there's just a whole bunch of freshness cannot be beat. The people in South America grow the finest product they almost do. in the world. And I think as good as anybody's and better than most. Yeah. But they know what they're doing. Well, you've walked a lot of farms, haven't you? In, oh, yeah. In the course of, of tons of farms. And I know that when you, like we were watching some home videos, if you recall, a month or so ago, and some great footage of you going through the farms on those videos. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. It was absolutely wonderful. And I think when you're talking to those farmers, like you can see the pride in their faces. So they know, you know that they are doing everything they can to give you the best of the best. Well, you've got to take the position of the farm. And I often was wondering about, again, florists. It's always about price with florists. Mm-hmm. Often about price. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And like I remember one one of my friends, he's still one of the leaders of the floral industry, but his flower farms, he used to say, well, my price is uh, this. Well, I knew it cost at that time something like 19 cents to get a rose into Miami, 16 cents to grow it, 3 cents to fly it into Miami where you'd pick it up. And and then you're going to try and get it from them for 18 cents. Right. No, um. These are not stupid people. If yeah. it costs them 19 cents, they've got to make money too. So it's got to sell yeah. for 20, 21 cents. Yeah. And, and that was many years ago. So I don't know what the prices are today. I'm not... But... That's the problem with the florist. They're saying, well, let's grind their price. Let's grind. The, the farms have to make money. No farms, no flowers. I mean, if they start cutting corners, they're going to probably cut them in the areas that will affect that, quality if they, if they have to compete on price. Yeah. So that's why, for God's sake, when you're selling roses for $100 a dozen, why can't you pay the farm a correct and fair amount for their product? Do you yeah. have to nickel and dime them down from whatever to whatever. Yeah, because a nickel makes a huge difference on a flower. Well, and for I, love God, give them some food. Well, and then they, then yeah, and then send the guy home with no food. I mean, that is an endemic problem in the floral industry. I don't care. People can argue that they're all great. I ask you, I ask everybody, I say, are you a good florist? I'm a great florist. I'm one of the best. I love Absolutely. it. I'm do so you good. do everything right? Yes, I test my own product. I I'm really, yeah. I know what my customers want. Ah, I tell you what, the only guys in this business that are really, I think, on top of their game all the time are the are the growers. Yeah. And they're subject to all the problems that come along, like weather and this and that. That's another thing florists don't give them credit for. Yeah. The weather, the pinch when they cut back because they're trying to cycle their flowers into the grow into the seasons they need them for Valentine's and everything. No, nope, absolutely, but. Well, the weather is a big one. Even, golly, a month ago, Ecuador was hit with a massive hailstorm that wiped out a boatload of farms. Well, of course. And yeah. now you can't, with COVID, you cannot get a rose to save your life. There's no roses on the market because they put all their rose bushes to sleep for the time being. Well, 
I don't blame them. I mean, the, the, the farms will take care of the farms. They have to take care of their businesses as the people up here do. Yeah. But for God's sake, if we're going to start charging the kind of prices we do and won't take care of the product properly when it gets to our end, we're the bad guys. And there's lots of places you can learn about it. Like just Google Pocot and Chrysol or Floral Life. Pick a, pick a producer. They will tell you with videos how to look after that product. Well, learn about the chain of life too. The, the, it, the whole yeah. floral process. You know, the George Stabi many years ago brought out this concept of constant temperature from the grower right up to to the uh, retailer. And yeah. It's so true today. It's never been truer. I mean, temperature control is what it's about. Clean or cleanliness. Even with your tools food. too, right? You don't want to forget the tools, right? Oh, yeah. Tools, Got to wash everything. those down. It's, it's just like COVID. You can't go out without a mask. Well, deal with your flowers in the same way, for God's sake. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean... Here it is. We've got a great product. We've got the world's finest product. We do. And we turn it out like shit sometimes. And it's an absolute embarrassment. I have a, I have a question for you. Because uh, back in the day, I remember when I was in the shop, like your, the shop that you ran, and we would get roses in. And they would always have like holes through the rose. Because I think they used to t- oh, yeah. Yeah. test for, what is it? For- well, they look for drugs, but... Oh, a long time ago, what they used to do, the boxes came in. They were the double boxes compared to today. The half, we like call them full, full boxes. Yeah, yeah, they're full size boxes. I don't even know if you see them anymore, full size. Probably not. No, they're all half size boxes. I got guys with little 16th things they call boxes. <laughs> a 16th box? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. But what they used to do is they, they really, I think it was the USDA used to drive drug enforcement people would drive drive pins through the boxes just hoping to hit that lucky spot right right yeah and something would go and then they have dogs go over or stuff like that and they would be looking for drugs but they kind of i know a number of years ago that they really what they did is it was really brilliant is they put the onus on the on the plane the the, the airline carrier bringing the stuff into the united states they would check one box off every invoice and they made it the, if they found stuff right they made it the responsibility of the airplane and, and what they did is they had to threat a seizure of the airplane oof that's not good well yeah what it did it transferred responsibility to the guy that owned the airplane he got really careful about the stuff getting on his did. airplane oh my god! he didn't want to land and lose his airplane they didn't go after the grower they went after the guy that owned the airplane and I always thought oh that's brilliant yeah. And all of a sudden, they, that's no longer a problem. I, no, but they, they have, you helped get an x-ray into Miami, didn't you not? Was that you? Oh, well, not me. No, oh, I thought there was a way we got a neck. There was, they stopped doing that, and then they had certain x-rays. Oh, I, I've seen that process. I went there with through, through the whole thing with my friend Joe Novitsky. Used yeah. to run uh, Mal, or used to be the representative for Los Amalias Farms. Uh yeah, I used to go in, and, and Joe gave me a good lesson on how they were processing, and we talked to the people on that. And you could see that X-rays became popular because they became much more sophisticated. Sure, they didn't have to drive these rods. That's why they put twenty-five flowers in in a bundle. Because is that why? Yeah, well, that was my understanding. Is because there was a good chance one of them was going to get knocked apart by this process. Isn't that funny? Well, yeah. well, that makes sense. I get that. 
Yeah, well, it's, yeah, there could be damage, mechanical damage done to the to the roses. You don't have a do- two dozen roses, so you put the extra in for safeties. Yeah, so I mean, that was what I had heard at the time, huh. and I believe that's true. But that's uh, really cool. Long time ago, things are improved. I don't think drugs are the problem. They no, work. no, I think you're right. I think it ends up being in the florist's hands, and they need to. And I do believe wholeheartedly in post-harvest care and the importance thereof post-harvest care. Well, I, again, it's becoming the fresh-cut flower expert in your community. That's who you are. You're a florist. That's who you should be. That's what you should strive to be. You don't expect your customer to understand this process, but you should understand it as a florist. Absolutely. And you should be able to put out the best and finest product. You are not giving it away for nine ninety-nine a dozen. Get over it. You're charging three hundred dollars for it. Something that's three hundred dollars. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe in some cases, I well, was probably roses. ranunculus. Oh, God, we the ranunculus. You just gotta bring up them ranunculus all the time. Poor well, it's my favorite flower, but other than that, anyway, that's all I got to say on that. Oh my God, I enjoyed that so thoroughly. Thank you so much. It's been a real blast. So if you're enjoying our podcast, please make sure you subscribe to them. We are on Spotify and on Apple. And I look forward to our next conversation, Dad. It's always a blast with you. So have a great day, everybody. Bye.